It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 29th, 2019. My name is Phil Prosman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Toronto Raptors, what happened, why it happened, and why you shouldn't be so discouraged, and, and why... The Magic really have just one missing piece from being a really, really good team. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast for every single team in the NBA covering their teams with the same level of care and detail that you would expect from a local expert who knows their team best. If you want to get the Raptors low down, check out our good pal Sean Woodley on the Locked On Raptors podcast. You can check out, look ahead to the Knicks after their big win over the Chicago Bulls, uh, Locked On Knicks, as the Magic take on the Knicks on Wednesday, or get the national perspective on Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball too. Plus, there's other great podcasts, including our new podcast with John Hollinger and Nate Duncan that releases every Tuesday as well. You can check out all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts, plus MLB, NFL, College, and NHL podcasts too. Download the Lockdown Podcast Network today. Search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Remember the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. At some point in the fourth quarter, Dante Marcatelli, the, the Magic's radio broadcast, uh, sideline reporter for, for television broadcasts, said during a a huddle during the game that Steve Clifford kept his team believing. That he had his team, he kept calm, and he said even though they were down 14, even though they were struggling to shoot, even though their best players could not hit the broad side of a barn, he kept them believing they could win this game. He kept them believing that if they stuck to their defense they'd still have a chance at the end. Clifford, in the meantime, was maddeningly trying to find the right combination to work because offensively, nothing was working once again. For the third straight game, Orlando's offense was just anemic. And honestly, unlike the Atlanta game, this time, it was poor execution. This time, it was somewhat lazy attention to detail. That put them in a hole. No, make no mistake about it. Monday's game against the Raptors was the worst game the Magic had played. Yet, the spark suddenly lit. Markel Fultz made some plays off the bounce, was able to find Jonathan Isaac for three. And all of a sudden, the Magic had a little bit of energy. They cut a... 12, 10-point lead all the way down. And when Terrence Ross finally buried a three-pointer, 
a sidestep escape dribble three-pointer. Orlando had their first lead with about five minutes to play since the early part of the game. As bad as the Magic played offensively, as much as they struggled to shoot, as much as they settled for bad shots for a good chunk of the first quarter, then dug themselves a hole they had to get themselves out of, and they tried on several occasions. Their defense was swarming and difficult to score against. They created some opportunities to score in transition. They got a great game from Jonathan Isaac. They got a good game from Markel Fultz. And they stuck together and found a way back into the fight. Let's put this out on the table to start with. This Magic team is going to fight. At least this early in the season. This Magic team is going to defend. And that's going to give them a chance to win. And so finishing the game with a lineup of Markel Fultz, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Isaac, and Aaron Gordon. That's right, Aaron Gordon as the nominal center. Orlando was scrambling and willing to fight to stay in the game. But late game situations, the pressure ramps up and it's about more than just the fight. You can have the intention, you can have the will, but it comes down to execution. And this is the big problem for the Orlando Magic right now. It's just simple execution. When, you know, you're flipping a coin in the air with your your defense sometimes. Sometimes the shots go down for them. The shots don't go down for you. And this Magic team is struggling to make shots. After Markel Fultz gave the Magic a one-point lead, Kyle Lowry put the Raptors up for good. He came around a screen. Fultz was a little too far off, just like he was against Trey Young in Atlanta. And Lowry buried a three-pointer. From there, Orlando tried to answer back. But Aaron Gordon had an open three that fell no good. Lowry got to the line, and all of a sudden, the Raptors were up four. From there, Orlando could not get their offense moving again. Once again, the Magic's offense just dried up. Evan Fournier was trying desperately to get to the basket. Terrence Ross couldn't hit, get an open three. And the dream of fighting back to steal this game from Toronto, when the Magic played perhaps their worst game of this young season, the dream to steal this game slipped away. The Orlando Magic fall to the Toronto Raptors 104-95. The storyline again remains an offense that is not generating enough force and push. The Magic have yet to score 100 points in any game this season. And while their defense is stellar, the Raptors scored 99 points per 100 possessions. Orlando was still at 91 points per 100 possessions. The Magic were unable to get their offense moving enough to win this game. And on one hand, and I'll explain in a bit, on one hand it's encouraging Because their defense is good enough to give them a chance to win. And if they can get their star players, Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon especially, to play the way they're expected to play. Not even, you know, better than they were last year. Just a notch below last year, honestly. They probably have three wins in their pocket right now. It wouldn't take very much 
to get this team over the top, it seems. It does feel like they're very close. But on the other hand, the Magic are getting a lot of the shots that they want. The Magic are executing, maybe not at the highest level, but well enough that they should be scoring a lot more than they are. And that's the frustrating part. That's the frustrating part. Watching Nikola Vucevic miss open jumpers and miss hook shots and and shots that he knows he can make while he struggles to finish around the rim around contact. He's not getting to the line, which is normal for him, unfortunately. But he's missing shots that he always makes, that he's reliably made for seven years. Aaron Gordon, to his credit, he's trying to get to the basket. He's trying to draw contact. He's trying to get fouls. And he's missing at the rim, too. But he's found other ways to contribute, whether it's through his defense and through his passing. He had five assists in this game. But really what we're seeing is Orlando having to pay attention to detail. The most frustrating part of of this game to me was watching Orlando throw imprecise passes that knocked off the rhythm of of the game. Guys fumbling passes, which again knocks the rhythm of the offense off. And just being a little too lazy with their execution and and with the ball. Allowing the Raptors, who have some good length and can create some steals and turnovers, knock the ball away from them. And make their offense just difficult to run. Orlando may not be getting all the shots they want. Especially early in this game, they were settling for three-pointers. They were settling for the first shot instead of keeping the ball moving. And... When push comes to shove, they weren't winning one-on-one battles. Whether it's off the ball or on the ball. They weren't creating opportunities. And that's the biggest concern of all. Orlando's not putting themselves in position to score consistent enough, and they certainly didn't against this Raptors team, which is probably the best team they've played so far this season. All due respect to Atlanta, who's been playing pretty well as well. It's still early. There's still time to correct it. But everything about this Magic team right now revolves around their shooting. And I would argue revolves most around their stars. Before we run through the box score, I want to tell you that Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Again, that's $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll dive a little bit deeper here into some of the play of of some of the Magic's big players in this game. So, But we'll start the box score off with them, and we'll talk more about them coming up here in just a moment. But Nikola Vucevic, 5 points, 12 rebounds, 1 for 13 shooting. You know, I, I, I think a lot of people... When they criticize Vucevic in this game, and he deserves criticism, and I think he accepts that and he agrees with it, he needs to make shots, that's that's a big part of his role. 
a lot of people were saying same old Vucevic against the Raptors. Marcus All just you know punished him, and, and you know I, I I watched the game live. I actually watched it again on Fox Sports Florida at midnight, and I I, I didn't see that. Not that Vooch was getting good position against Gasol specifically. I think he tended to hang around the perimeter more when Gasol was in there. But I thought Orlando did some different things to try and create switches so that he would be going up against Siakam or someone smaller. And, you know, I think Vucevic generally read the defense the Raptors were sending him correctly. Now, I don't think his passes were crisp. I don't think... I, I'm not saying he played well. I mean, I gave him an F in the player grades, and I do mean that. I... I I think that Vucevic's main score, main thing is he has to score. He has to be a consistent, efficient score for this team's offense to work, and that's obviously not happening right now. So I, I'm I, I'm not under any. I'm not saying that he had a good game, but I, I don't think it was the same as the playoff series. I think Orlando got him involved in pick and pops, and he missed those open shots. He was one for three on three pointers, and he missed a few few jumpers. They tried to work him in the post in favorable matchups. They got it to him there, and either Toronto brought a double that he read and, and got out. I mean, Vucevic uh, ha- didn't have a tur- didn't have a- any turnovers in this game, so it wasn't like he was making mistakes there. Um, but he, you know, maybe wasn't again crisp out of those double teams, or he attacked the basket and, and the swarm got to him, and he was unable to finish new contact, which I, I think is an issue we've known about Vucevic for a while. Um, or he just missed hook shots that he's going to make or that he has to make. You know, maybe maybe he's getting pushed off his spot a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I have to say I am not, you know, I'm not 100% upset with the shots Vucevic took for the most part. Um, you know, I, I want him taking the shots that he took. And, and I think that event, you either have to have the faith that they're going to fall or, you know, believe that the, you know, the Magic wasted their money and Vucevic is completely unplayable. But, um you know, I, I don't think Vucevic had a, a, you know, he had a bad game because he didn't make shots. Um, but defensively, you know, again, not huge forceful. You know, he was a late, late getting to his spots a few times, but I don't think he was a negative defensively overall. I think that he did a decent job defensively. Rebounds were were solid number for him. Um, and so overall, I, I just, it's all about Vucevic's shot. And so we'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. Same deal with Aaron Gordon. Two points, one for six shooting, missed both both of his three-pointers, including a key one late in the game. Five rebounds, five assists, two blocks, three turnovers. So mixed bag for Aaron Gordon. It's been kind of the pattern in these early games that Aaron Gordon tries to get himself going early. He tries to get to the basket. He tries to force his way inside. He you know, probably over-dribbles a little bit and tries to get, to get himself going that way. And... At least in the first, and I would say in all three games, he's kind of figured out very early on when he doesn't have it that he changes his mindset a little bit. He kind of fades into the background, so he takes fewer shots. He only took six shots in this game, which you know was relatively low, lowest among the starters. And he finds a way to get others involved. So I give Aaron Gordon the credit that throughout the season, he knows he hasn't been shooting well. He, he tries. He, he tests himself a little bit. And if he doesn't have it, he looks for other ways to get guys involved. And so the reason Aaron Gordon played at the end of the game and Nikola Vucevic didn't is because Gordon played some really good defense on, on uh, OG Ananobi as well as helping out on Serge Ibaka, especially late in the game. Um, I think that the Magic know how valuable that versatility is from Gordon. And so, you know, unlike Nikola Vucevic, making shots isn't his first priority. But again, it is important. We'll talk about that 
uh, a little bit later on here in the show. But overall, I, I thought Gordon was a bit lazy. Lazy is not the right word. I, I hate I hate that that word. Just feels so pejorative to me. Um, it has such negative connotations that that I don't like using it. It, it, it it's lazy to use lazy as a, as a descriptor. But I, I, again, I, I think my general perception of the way the Magic played offensively was imprecise. Um, I think that Orlando, in order to get the offensive push that they need, they have to be cutting well, they have to be passing on target, and breaking up that rhythm and disrupting that rhythm is going to throw them off because they don't have that one-on-one guy that can just break down the defense and start the whole cycle again. If they have to stop the ball to, to, to readjust a catch or do any of that, the whole defense gets to reset, and especially against a good defensive team like Toronto, that's going to cause problems. And essentially, when you reset, you just have to you have to break the play and go to a pick and roll. So there's you know again we we knew this coming in the season. There isn't a huge margin for error offensively, uh, and so when you're imprecise, that's that's a problem. And so I think Orlando's general offensive problem in this game is they didn't make shots, but they didn't make shots because their execution was imprecise as, as for most of the game. In the fourth quarter, I think it picked up, and I think the Magic were able to make plays and and get baskets that that came off of just crisp passing and, and just uh, the team really looking and playing together. Um, Gordon, I think, did a better job as the game went on um, of, of finding ways to get others involved. Um, his defense, I thought, again, was I felt was imprecise early on. I think I think he got beat by Ananobi a few times too many, um, but he. He put you know buttoned up by by the end of the game, and, that, and that's why Gordon was in there. So Gordon did some nice things. I, I I'm not at all upset with the way Aaron Gordon played. I am upset with the way Aaron Gordon played because he missed shots, but I do think that he's added value to the team despite his struggle shooting the ball. We'll talk about those struggles here coming up in just a bit. The leading scorer for the Orlando Magic, though, none other than Jonathan Isaac, a career high 24 points, seven for ten shooting, five for seven from beyond the arc, five for five from the foul line, seven rebounds, three steals. Two blocks. Um, Jonathan Isaac finally had a big scoring outburst. Um, he's been kind of in the background, hasn't taken a lot of shots throughout the year, and finally he, you know, had his game. Um, and and it happened early on. He made two threes very early in the game. Um, honestly, got the Magic a little three happy in general as as a group. But he, when he's hitting his outside shot. The Magic's offense becomes so much more dangerous, and and it, even when they were struggling, when Isaac was in there and was a threat from the three point line, it opened everything up for everyone. So him making three pointers doesn't have to make five a game, obviously, but him making three pointers and being a threat from out there is a confidence boost for Isaac number one, but is a big boost to the Magic offense in general number two. Isaac did a really good job uh, in transition, getting to the basket. Uh, he did a really good job setting his feet for three-pointers, and just being smart about the shots that he takes. And, and he was good at drawing contact. But the thing about Jonathan Isaac is the offense is, it honestly feels like a bonus. Obviously, obviously, I think you expect him to do more than what he did in the Atlanta and Cleveland games. Maybe not to the extreme that he did against Toronto, although the Toronto game showed a lot of his potential and what he can be. I mean, what he did uh, in this game against Toronto is what Pascal Siakam was doing in the early parts of last year and, and certainly the year before when he was really establishing himself in the rotation. Um, Isaac can very much track some of Siakam's development and, you know, it's a little bit of a Spider-Man mean watching them guard each other and and, defend, and play against each other because Isaac went shot for shot, you know, not shot for shot with Siakam. Siakam's a little bit better off the dribble and creating his own shot. But, you know, they went point for point as far as their, their production went. 
Isaac's defense has been incredible um, this this season. Um, I, I think there's no other way to say it. He has been uh, the Magic's best defender by far. He is their rim protector, which is crazy to say because he's you know not a center, so to speak. Um, he had a really crazy block on Serge Ibaka in this game. He had so many deflections. Did a, I honestly, Siakam got him a few times. He outleveraged him in the post a few times, and obviously Isaac still got work to do to, to build up his post defense. But Isaac just made Siakam's life really hard throughout the game. Siakam was able to score, but he made it difficult, and Isaac just continued to make defensive plays all throughout the game, and, and he got Siakam good a few times. Um, it, Isaac is, you know, I, I would honestly say, you know, I think if we're, if we're going for a three-game MVP, um, Isaac is probably first or second on my ballot. You know, he's in the top three on my ballot so far of, of most important players on the Magic. He has been that good, even without the offensive impact that maybe people want to see. And, you know, honestly, because I still view offense from Isaac as a bonus, seeing him get his first 20-point game in a loss is frankly disappointing um, because, the, you know, when Isaac has a game like this, that should be a win. That, that, that's a game that you should win. And, and Isaac was a big part of why the Magic were in this game. You know, they don't run a lot of plays for him, but he's still able to impact the game offensively and defensively. Obviously, I, I mean, I think he's the centerpiece of the Magic's defense at this point. Just running through some other uh, some other notables, Evan Fournier, 18 points, 7 for 15, shooting 1 for 7 from beyond the arc. That's 7 for 15, and even that 1 for 7, he took some late threes. Um, Fournier, you know, still getting that three-point shot back, but I think he's been a lot better and a lot more patient in pick and rolls, picking his shots, and, and, and I think at this game, he did a really good job working on the dribble. Um, late game execution wasn't great. Fournier was part of that, so was Terrence Ross and their shot selection. Um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of late in games. You run your offense at, like normal. You don't change what you do just because the clock is running down. Um, but the Magic do tend to run a lot more pick and rolls with Evan Fournier in those late game situations. Um, maybe that different lineup messed that up a little bit late late in the game because um, the Magic didn't run run a traditional center. Um, but overall, you know, Fournier did did good things, and I think he's had a really strong start to the season as well. Marco Fultz, another really, really strong game. 13 points, 5 assists, 6 for 11 shooting, made a 3-pointer as well, 3 turnovers in the game. Um, you know, Orlando turns the ball over 16 times, which is probably too much for them, but Marco Fultz does a great job getting in the lane. Um, he's able to finish. He's, he's continuing to make energy plays, and, and, and I think you can't be anything but really happy about the way Marco Fultz has played to start the season. Um, final stats here, though. Orlando shoots 34 for 89, 38.2% from the floor, 12 for 39 from beyond the arc, 30.8%. They get to line only 18 times, which is pretty low for them at, at this early stage of the season. 16 turnovers again, but nine steals, six blocks. This was a crazy good defensive effort from the Orlando Magic. Yes, Kyle Lowry scores 26. Yes, Pascal Siakam scores 24. Um, but like Orlando, Toronto struggles to shoot at the end of the day. They had a really strong start to the game, but they really struggled as the game went on. Again, like I said, Isaac matched Siakam point for point. Toronto ends up shooting 38.8%. Again, like I said, they had a 99 offensive rating, so 99 points per 100 possessions. That is really, really good defense. 10 for 39 from beyond the arc. Orlando did a good job locking down the three-point line, except for that three Kyle Lowry hit, except for the foul on... Uh, Fred Van Vliet uh, in the fourth quarter or foul to Fred, Fred, I believe it was Fred Van Vliet, it might have been Kyle Lowry, in the fourth quarter that gave them three free throws, made it a five-point game, and essentially put the game away. Toronto, though, gets the line 30 times, 28 for 30, so Orlando struggled on that front. They were a little sloppy defensively. While the defense was very, very good and was the sole reason the Magic came back in this game, 
not the Magic's best defensive effort either. And I would say Saturday was also not a perfect defensive effort either, whereas Wednesday I thought Orlando played much better defensively. Um, but you can see what the strength of this defense is, and, and I think it's going to give Orlando the chance to win a lot of these games, kind of ugly games, that you know where the offense isn't working, it'll give them a chance for the offense to wake up. And that's really what this early part of the season has been about, is about waiting for this offense to wake up. And, and frankly, it all falls on the shoulders of two guys. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. They, you know, we are looking ahead to the playoffs. I, I don't think there's any denying that. I think everything the Magic do does have an eye on the playoffs, even if the Magic aren't technically a sure thing to make the playoffs. There's always that thought of, in the playoffs, this is going to work, this isn't going to work. There's always kind of that thought in the back of, of your head, I think. And in the playoffs, we all know stars win the day. And, you know, I got the question after this game because people overreact after one game and we're three games in the season, so I don't know why we're overreacting so much. You know, I'm like I said, I'm feeling cautiously, you know, not cautiously optimistic. I'm, I'm feeling pretty, you know, frustrated but encouraged with where this team is at and, and I think that they can do a lot of really good things still. But the question still comes up is, who's going to be the magic star? You know, to win these games, the stars need to lead the way. To win these games, Orlando can't just defend their way into victory. They're going to have to score. They're going to have to make shots. And obviously making shots is the big thing right now. The only thing really holding this Magic team back is making shots. But to me... The only thing holding this team back, or the big thing holding this team back, is their best players just aren't playing to the level that they need to play at. Right now, I would say the only thing missing from the Magic in these first three games is the consistent high-level production from Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon, especially and to some extent from Terrence Ross. Those three players were the key players to Orlando making the playoffs. If you want to distill it down to, to one thing, the big thing that helped Orlando make the playoffs last year was they could count on Nikola Vucevic to score 20 and grab 13 every night. It, literally, 
you could count two bad games from Nikola Vucevic all of last year. There's a game at Dallas where he scored, I think, 12 points and was really bad. And then opening night against Miami when everyone was going crazy over Mo Bamba, it's probably the only other game that he really didn't play at an all-star level. I mean, I think the level of consistency the Magic got from Nikola Vucevic last year was pretty amazing. And obviously, that's been missing. He shoots one for 13 in this game. It's obviously not consistent. It's obviously not going to get the job done for this team. Aaron Gordon was much the same way. While his scoring wasn't in the 20-point range, you could always count on him for 12 to 16, 17 points per game. Averaged 15 for the season. Or 16 for the season, I believe. You could always count on him to to fill in those gaps and and to be a, a, a space filler for this team. And this season, you know, he's trying to get to the basket. He's trying to get to the foul line. He's trying to do positive things. And and he still is largely on the defensive end. But he's not making shots. So already, your two best, your two most important players are not delivering for you. Already, the two guys that you're relying on to break down the defense, to be top of the scouting report guys, are not delivering anywhere near the production you need to succeed to win these games. And that's the big thing that's missing. Because Evan Fournier, you know, three-point percentage aside, which, you know, I think he's you know, he hasn't been great there yet, but he's, he's getting back there. Evan Fournier's back to what he was two years ago. Jonathan Isaac added a nice bonus and has been stellar defensively. Markel Fultz has been a revelation off the bench and has finished the last two games. Al-Faruq Aminu's had a really nice game, and I, I forgot to mention him. Had a really nice game Monday night. The team has gotten all these different pieces. They Again, their depth has been real. Their defense has been real. They are giving themselves chances to win these games. And the only element that feels like is missing are their top players. Makes it kind of a scary thought. You know, Nikola Vucevic is a 7-8 year veteran now. You trust him to reach a certain level. Guys like him don't just fall off the face of the earth. And I fully expect him to get back to that level, to play more consistently at that level this year. I fully expect him. I fully expect us, you know, a month from now to laugh at these these first three games. Aaron Gordon, I'm relatively sure, will figure it out or change how he's approaching these games and approaching the way he's attacking the basket to help his team. He's been doing it sort of in-game, making adjustments and kind of fitting his role to what the team needs that night. They haven't asked him to be the primary scorer yet, thankfully. Or he hasn't taken up that mantle because he just doesn't, you know, it, it hasn't looked like he's had it. 
But the Magic will need both of these guys to do that. They can't they can't subsist on Markel Fultz averaging 13, 14 points per game like he has been. They can't subsist on Jonathan Isaac scoring 24 points. If the Magic don't get those things, they get blown out, even with their defense playing decently well. At the end of the day, it's your stars, your best players, who carry you as far as you can go. To win in the playoffs, you have to win against tough defense. You have to win one-on-one battles. And that falls on your best players to do so. You're not giving the ball to you know, your fifth guy and saying, beat him off the dribble. Or create for others. Or you know, force the defense to adjust. That falls on your best players to do. Magic aren't in a playoff mode right now. They're, they're clearly not playing at playoff intensity. That, that, that you, ra- you ramp up to that as the season goes on. But they are playing really well defensively. They have had a chance to win all three of these games. And when they've turned to the people and the players they've relied most to get them there, they haven't delivered. Yet. Right now, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, and Terrence Ross are three of the four worst shooters on the team. Only Michael Carter-Williams is shooting worse from the field in the early part of the season. Orlando has every faith that Vucevic, Gordon, and Ross will all turn things around. Ross certainly looked like he did in shooting 4 for, four for 10 or 4 for 11 in the game against the Raptors. He had some big shots to key that 13-0 run and get the Magic back in the game. Ross can have bad shooting nights. like four. He can have 4 for 11 shooting nights because his shots are usually that impactful. But the Magic cannot survive if Nikola Vucevic is 1 for 16. They cannot survive if Aaron Gordon is one for six. They need both of those guys to play back up at the level that they're expected to play at. When Vucevic has his breakout game, which frankly had, I think, 21 points against Cleveland, didn't need much, at least against Cleveland. When the Magic get their best players to play at that high level again, to play at that consistent level again, I truly believe this team is going to be very, very good. It's really the only piece that's missing at this point. We'll see just how long it takes for them to get there. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Once again, the Orlando Magic fall to the Toronto Raptors 104-95 at Scotiabank Arena. Magic are back in action Wednesday against the New York Knicks. We'll be at that game, so we'll have all the coverage for you coming from the Amway Center. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. A Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.